Welcome into the first edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast in the month of February 2022. Justin Hall and Mitch Prosser here with you. We will hear from Representative Melissa Aremus of Aiken County here in just a few minutes as she shares her story with you, our listeners, on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Her story was actually one of the reasons why the heartbeat bill ended up passing in the House. Her impassioned testimony in the well of the House uh, changed a lot of hearts and minds that day when they heard her story. But before we begin, we're having this conversation with Representative Aremus, and we're actually having a conversation with Abby Johnson this week because we want you to understand that we are passionately and unapologetically pro-life. And here's the simple fact. We're going to take a few moments here before this interview to let you know how much we appreciate you listening to this podcast. When we started it back in August, we didn't know where it was going to go. Well, I'll tell you where it's gone. There are people in the South Carolina House and Senate who are making laws and who are writing bills who listen to this podcast. It has reached the Capitol. It has reached the state house and the influential people who are deciding on legislation are listening to this podcast. That's why today and in our interview with Abby Johnson, Mitch, we are dedicating these next two episodes to make sure people understand that we are unapologetically and proudly pro-life. And that is not just about ending abortion. Absolutely, Justin. We are pro-life, as we've said time and time again, pro-life from the womb to the tomb, from conception to natural death and at every point in between. What a great opportunity we have to listen and hear, as you said, to one of the most impactful stories that came from the House of Representatives. Melissa Aremus, uh, representative from Aiken County, shared her story uh, from the heart. She tells us in the interview that it was not scripted. It was not planned out. She was asked to go to the well and share her story story, a story of community, a story, no doubt, of a point of crisis in her life, but how the community came to her in the midst of that crisis, how people of faith came and 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 to her aid. What a great opportunity we have here in South Carolina to show that we are pro-life, not just pro-life when it comes to ending abortion or uh, pro-birth, as some on the liberal left have said, but we are pro-life at every stage in between. We are pro-mom. We are pro-her life, even for those ladies, and let me say it this way, especially for those ladies who have had an abortion, that post-abortive care that they need, that the church can wrap its loving arms around that mother who, when she needs someone in her life. That's what this is all about. And this interview that you're about to listen to from Representative Aremus is one that I think you'll leave uh, not only inspired, but possibly even convicted to do just a little bit more, to be a little bit more, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Now, what I will say before you listen to the interview is this. I'm not a pro at recording these interviews like my esteemed colleague, our director of communications, Justin Hall is. And so it will sound a little different than what you're used to listening right now because Justin's at the board. During this interview, I'm at the board and uh, it will sound like I'm very, very far away from the microphone. Just take it for what it's worth. It was me at the helm that day. So enjoy this interview from Representative Melissa Aremus. It's Mitch with Palmetto Family, and I am joined in studio today with Melissa Aremus, and she is a South Carolina state representative representing Aiken County. Is that correct? Correct. Awesome. We're so grateful to have her in studio. She is a champion when it comes to so many of the issues that we at Palmetto Family care about. Specifically among those, though, is her personal story when it comes to 
the pro-life movement. So today you're going to hear a little bit of her story. Melissa, tell us a little bit more about you and then we'll jump into your story. Perfect. Um, I am new to this legislative world and um, I decided to get active politically just because I was tired of the status quo and what was going on. So I knew that the people needed a voice. A lot of people are like-minded and they, they're pretty conservative, just want to be left alone. And I think I shared a lot of those same values with, with my constituents. So I decided to serve and uh, God calls us and puts us in places. Sometimes it makes us very uncomfortable Sometimes this place is that, but um, I'm happy to do it. I totally appreciate what you just said there about being called to serve. And so many look at the elected officials that represent them and they think, well, they're up there to to do this or that. And I think so many people forget that y'all are public servants. And and I'm so grateful as you and I have had the opportunity to talk with each other on several different occasions, your servant's heart. And you share the heart of many of our other state legislators that servant's heart and that mentality of I'm here to do the job that God has called me and placed on my heart to do. Speaking of, tell us a few of the things that you're working through right now, and and we're going to get to the pro-life discussion here in just a minute, but what are some of the other things that you are passionate about? Oh, there's so many things, but um, a few of the things I'm I'm working on now is... um, an education committee we're we're trying to weed out some CRT and things like that and get that all figured out for the good of the people and just you know get our kids learning what they're supposed to be learning and just weed out the weed out the bad um trying to think of some of the things I'm so involved in um investigational drugs the right to try um is really important to people in light of this COVID and the pandemic and Everything else, people just want to know that there's other options out there, and um, we're just making that more easy for you to decide what's best for you and your body um, when it comes to, you know, your treatment and getting through this. We've all had different regimens, and I call it a witch doctor cure. We've all (laughs) tried different things. So One of the things that I appreciate about you and being a member of the Family Caucus and, and all the things that go along with that, whether it's education opportunity or uh, education transparency, which you've mentioned, and, and all the things happening with the, the mandates and the lockdowns. Uh, I'm so grateful for your stance on all these issues. These are the things that, as you know, as you represent the people of Aiken County and, and then as you've traveled the state and you're here in Columbia, these are the things that the people of the Palmetto State really do care about. They're mm-hmm. things that people are passionate about. But I'll tell you this, and and as we focus on all of these issues, there's one that seems to continually come to the forefront. And especially this year in light of the Dobbs case in Mississippi and the challenge that we see before us in the Supreme Court and all of those issues happening right before our very eyes, the opportunity to see history made and Roe to be struck down and of what life after Roe looks like. I think it's important for us to understand that the pro-life movement affects everyone, every stakeholder in this process. And at Palmetto Family, we care about mothers. We care about those that have um, had an abortion and getting them the post-abortive care that they need, and those that have been encouraged to have an abortion and yet chose life. Melissa, your story is one that I've heard a couple of times now. It's a compelling story. It's an inspirational story. And I want our listeners to hear a little bit of that. So tell us a little bit about your personal pro-life story. Um, <clears throat> well, I was 16 years old in high school, and um, 
I've said it before. Um, I was at the top of my class. I had everything going for me. Um, you know, making plans for college, that kind of thing. And I got pregnant and it wasn't for, you know, lack of morals in my home or anything like that. I just, I made a decision. So, uh, just when I found out I was pregnant, I was scared to death. I didn't know who to tell. I definitely couldn't tell my mom yet. And just was asking all my friends, what should I do? And of course, all of them, even the child, my child's father, told me to have an abortion. It would just make life go back to the way it was. And maybe some of my friends had had one. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't feel good about it. Did not feel easy about that. Did not want, just the thought of it kind of just made me nauseous. But I knew that I didn't want my life to change. I did not want to go and be a mother at such a young age. But when I went to that ultrasound appointment, and they put the Doppler on my stomach, and I heard her heartbeat. That was all I needed. That was, it was like I knew that was life. It was inside of me. There was no question of it. It was a fetus, or call it whatever you want. It was a baby. It was, you know, a person in there. And from that moment, I knew that my job was to protect this life inside of me. Yeah, at 16 years old. <clears throat> so... The question that girls face and they're scared and they just don't want their lives to to be something different than what the path that they're on. I don't know who they have in their life that's encouraging them. But my story is one to let you know there is hope after the decision you make. And um, and I just want to encourage young girls who have faced that and know that your life can be successful and let them know that they're not alone and that they don't have to do it alone. You create your village, and that's what I did to make sure I had daycare workers or, excuse me, daycare for her. And my friends became those people. I couldn't afford doing that. I mean, I found a daycare while I was in school, $35 a week. My mom made me responsible for her. Um, so I knew what it was like to balance homework, work, and being a mom, going to bed at 2 in the morning or 3 in the morning, getting up and having to study and go to class the next day. And, and I get why kids drop out, but that was not an option. I knew that fighting for her was what I had to do. So I went on to college. I went to our local university and lived wherever I could. I moved out at 18 as soon as I graduated high school with her because I wanted to do it alone and without help. And, of course, my mom wanted me to stay there, but I didn't want to raise her the way she did. She raised me. That Not that it was bad. She was a single parent. I saw the struggles. But I wanted to do it. I made this decision, and, you know, I was her mom. So everybody just kind of, when they saw Melissa, they knew there was a little brook running right behind. And she and I, she she's seen me through the good, the bad, the ugly, but she's, she's witnessed my strength when I didn't think I could go any further and... And uh, she's a strong woman, convicted, you know, the Lord's got to hold her too, and I love that. And I'm proud, so proud of her. But women seem to say that it's our right to murder. And, and I use that word murder because they say it's my body, my choice. It's not a choice. I mean, the choice should be bring that life into the world if you can't do it there's adoption and people seem to criticize 
um, when you say the word adoption, like you only care about the child, bringing the child in the world, but not after it's here, taking care of that child. I don't think that's true. I think we have issues with adoption and making it accessible to families. I, I think people need to not have to go through so many obstacles to adopt, and I think you'd see it a little bit differently. I know my brother and his wife have been trying to do it for years now because they can't conceive, and they have to jump through hoops, and they still haven't gotten a child yet. So it's not always easy for families that are ready and is going to be the best parent, so I think we need to make some changes there. Well, Melissa, I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, Palmetto Family answered the call of the governor back last year in 2021 in regard to looking at the adoption system in South Carolina. And we are working on making some of those changes. You know, one of the things that we've heard for so long, and I know that you've heard this, and those of you listening right now, you've probably heard this said of you or your church or something like that. Well, you're not really pro-life, you're just pro-birth. And nothing could be further from the truth. We care about life from, as you heard us say on this podcast so many times, We care about life from the womb to the tomb and at every stage in between. So as we look at this, whether that's the courageous surrender of a mother, of a child by their mother in the hospital using Daniel's Law and in a life after Roe, we're going to see that happen more. Um, And all these different opportunities, you know, children that are in the foster care system and need good foster parents and, and then whether or not they can be reunited and with their families, they can be adopted. And so all these opportunities, you know, we're right here in the middle of that. I love your story because it is a story, you mentioned this, of hope, but it's also a story of those who cared about you surrounding you. And uh, you you mentioned a little bit about that. Tell tell us a little bit more about some of the, you don't have to mention the people specifically you talked about your mother. In that tough love, you're going you're gonna to do some of these things. She was helping you grow up a little bit there. Tell us about a few of the people that um, surrounded you during this process. Well, I know when I was going to church and pregnant, I knew I was in the right place, even though I felt so much shame and everybody was looking at me because how young I was. But even in that moment and in that shame, I knew that's where I needed to be and Everybody offers to help, but you never really want to take them up on it. But I think people are genuinely sincere when they offer their help. And I just surrounded myself with good people, good friends. Like I said, I've joined a sorority in college, and um, those girls became my family. They often watched my daughter so I could work, and they just kind of passed her around that way. And she just thought she had a bunch of sisters because everybody treated her that way. So it's... If I could say one person helped me more than another, I, I, don't, I don't have that one person, but I can say I just created a village around me of good people that I felt comfortable, you know, her being around. And I think people often say, well, you must have been privileged to you know, join a sorority or this and that. It wasn't a national sorority or anything like that. It was just, you know, a local college sorority. So people are like, oh, how could she afford that, you know? And, and of course, I couldn't. I couldn't afford anything above and beyond. But these, like I said, these girls became my friends and still my best friends now to this day. We still are, you know, we hang. And and my, my daughter just has extra aunts and <laughs> around. And our kids are friends now and things like that. So, 
But um, as far as the people in my life that um, that held me, I mean, yeah, my mom, she did. She babysat. She did a lot. And my, my dad was not in the picture. So, you know, I didn't have that. And I don't know. I, I just was a single mom. And, you know, I didn't really have a dating life or anything like that. No man wanted to, or no boy at the time, wanted to date a girl with a baby. So that was nothing there. And so I didn't, you know, find the love of my life until after I, you know, got out of college. So, Wow. So community is key. Mm-hmm. And we're better together. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you talked about a village. You know, whether that's a church family, whether that's finding the right right people, family to surround you, there is hope. And so many suggest that a mom who's facing these decisions, whether or not I should keep this child. And, and as you said, I don't know that that's much of a decision at all. It just makes sense that uh, we, we keep the child, the, the mother keeps the child. It's going to be, it, yes, it's going to be difficult. And that's where community comes in. And people surround that mother, whether that's a church throwing a baby shower for her and, and buying a stroller and, and getting those baby clothes and those wipes and diapers and, and formula and things like that, you know, treating that mother with the dignity of a human being. She is not, it's so important for us to surround her with love. And so I'm so grateful for your story because it is one of hope. It is one of community surrounding a young lady that needed hope. And and I think that's what you got. You wouldn't be here today if that weren't the case. Correct. And it's important to not just say it and know it. It's getting out there and active. I know I've been part of several different baby showers of women who have chosen life and like you mentioned before just getting her the necessities she needs because you know if she wasn't really going to keep the child sometimes it's hard to get in the mood to to shop or to buy things for the baby and just let her know that she is loved and that baby's going to be loved and you don't forget about them once um, the child is here you need to still be there for that person because they don't know the struggles and when you say motherhood is hard and life is hard, it's very hard, especially yeah. as a single parent with no help. I've never been a mother, <clears throat> by the way. <laughs> well, I didn't think so. <laughs> but um, just just watching the struggle and watching somebody, I mean, it's just it's inspired me. I watched my mom, like I said, raise three kids as a single parent. So I kind of had it figured out, you know, what I needed to do. And I knew that that work ethic needed to be there to make the family run. And there was no question. I mean, I, like I said, I signed up for that hard life and I was okay with it. I mean, that was a decision I made, but I think I'm better for it and she's better for it. Well, Melissa, thank you for joining us on this podcast. Your representation of the people of Aiken County here in Columbia is vital. Uh, you're doing a great job. I'm grateful for you. And I'm thankful for what you're standing on uh, and the principles you stand for um, as a member of the Family Caucus here in Columbia at the State House. Melissa, thank you for joining us. Glad to be here. Thanks so much. We definitely want to thank Representative Melissa Arimas for her testimony, not only during the heartbeat bill there from the house well, but for coming on Palmetto Family Matters podcast so that you could hear her story again. It's a story of hope and inspiration, but hopefully, as we said at the very beginning of this podcast, it's a story of conviction where we feel our heart's desire pulled by the Holy Spirit to do something 
not just say something, but do something about life issues here in the Palmetto State. There are also other issues going on in the Palmetto State as we wrap up our Tuesday edition of the podcast. There's plenty going on over at the State House, and we're trying to keep you up to date on everything going on. Of course, the issue before the South Carolina Senate right now is the Compassionate Care Act, S-150, is currently in debate. On the floor of the South Carolina Senate, that will continue this week. It could progress into another. We're really not sure where that's going to go. We're keeping an eye on that. In in the House, there's also the abortion reversal pill that has made it out of sub. It's going to full committee. We're watching some educational opportunity legislation that's moving through the House and the Senate as well. There are a lot of things happening in the State House. Just the medical marijuana issue seems to be capturing a lot of the headlines. There's no doubt about that, Justin. I think what is important for those of you listening right now to understand is – Keep your patience. Keep your focus on several of these issues. As you hear them dominate the headlines, whether you're listening to local news or even some national news, as we've seen some of these stories make that kind of news, it's important to understand that while the legislative process is working itself out, as Dave and I and Justin have said, it's important for us to understand that that while the sausage is being made, it's a slow and arduous process at times. And so as you are keeping up with the issues, please understand that there is a process. That process is being worked out. And even as our founders set it up, it is a process that takes time. The best way for us to see good legislation become law is for that process to occur. And that's what's happening, even on things like S-150, on education opportunity, on pro-life bills, even things like our South Carolina state flag, all those kinds of things that are happening right now at the state house. We want you to be aware of them, but also understand that there's a process that's happening and we'll keep you up to date on what's going on inside the State House. Absolutely. And you can follow along with what's going on inside the State House by downloading the Palmetto Family Council app. When you do, you can connect to our Inside the State House link. That'll get you all the information you need to know. Looking ahead to what's coming up this week from Palmetto Family here on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast, we will, of course, have our Friday edition of the podcast that usually drops by the way folks around 11 or 11 30 every friday that is your chance to get our thoughts on what is happening across the country and on the major topic of the day i imagine we're going to be discussing some supreme court stuff on friday amongst other things because fridays are our chance to talk about what's actually going on across the country and just to give a little opinion that is backed up by a biblical worldview and it's a fun one to record it's a fun one to talk through and it's a fun one to listen to as well i've gone back and listened to them and and they are they are entertaining to say the very least so join us on our friday edition of the podcast also on friday we will be releasing yet another edition of the update that is your update from what's going on inside the state house so make sure to tune into that. You can find that on our Facebook page, on our YouTube page as well. And this week, we are releasing a special edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Mitch, you and I and our spouses were up in Washington, D.C. for the March for Life, and we were actually there the night before for a dinner for an organization called Vans for Life. And speaking speaking at that event, where Tim Tebow and also Abby Johnson was there. She received an award from the organization. We were able to meet with her, talk with her at the event, and we are actually recording a podcast with her this week. I'm really excited about that. Abby was the subject of the movie Unplanned. If you've seen that movie, it is impactful. Uh, her story is unbelievable. What God can do in the heart and mind and life of somebody for his purpose is, is phenomenal. I think what you're going to love about this interview is not only are you going to hear more about the story of Abby Johnson, but you're going to hear her heart. She has a giant heart. We witnessed a few of those things there in D.C. 
uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and you're going to hear the heart of a warrior. Abby Johnson has purposefully placed herself on the front lines of the pro-life movement, not just in Texas, where she's from, but nationwide. So stay tuned for a lot of great information and great podcasts here from Palmetto Family Matters and our Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Of course, you can also follow us on all of our social media pages. Make sure to connect with us there. We will talk to you later this week.